Oh, welcome to Arcade Couch, the best place to chill with your friends and get your gaming goodness every Monday at 6am Australian Eastern Standard Time. I'm your host, Ashley Hobley. I'm excited to be here, here about Killerian's new OLED Zelda Switch. Join me today, Kieran Martian. It's me, the king of FOMO and <laughs> enabling. Uh, the king of being enabled. The king of being enabled, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so today's episode... It's just going to be talk about Zelda. There's a couple of news stories we'll talk about at the end, but it's it's Zelda. That's it, the it is. that's the big news story. It's a big game. Everything kind of didn't come out this week because Zelda was Good. coming. Good. Good so, job, everyone. Dylan's not here because Zelda is too busy playing Zelda. He decided to dish the podcast. No, not I, committed. I, I well, a fucking no, because Dylan is a bad son and forgot before booking a recording that he had Mother's Day stuff on today. So, you know, that's one thing. Because of Zelda. Blame it on Zelda. (laughs) Blame it on Zelda. Um, But two, middle of the Zelda hype, and I know he's reviewing it, but, like, Dylan starts tweeting out about Lego racing. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) If this happens again, right? If this is another major game... Lego 2K Drive. 2K Drive? It's in the wrapping. Major game. Sitting there. Where it's fucking like Elden Ring or so many other big games that Dylan has missed to go and review something else. My God, I know he has been playing it because he's popped up a couple of times on my uh, while I've been playing it online. But bro, just fucking put time in his tears and kill right. you, fuck. So let's just jump into it straight away, Kieran. You got a new switch? I did get a new switch. I did. I did in fact get a new switch. So tell the whole story. How did this happen? Well, you know, Tears of the Kingdom was coming out. I was like, kind of, you know, I was, I was excited a little bit because it's Zelda. Zelda's games are cool. I've played mm. Breath of the Wild recently, and I enjoyed my time with that. Um, and then I was like, oh, looking at my old OG Switch, just kind of chilling there. And I was like, bro, are you gonna mm. be okay? Are you gonna do this? Is everything gonna be all right? I know. I always found that Switch very uncomfortable to play in handheld mode. I don't know why. It was just that maybe I just found it very almost ungainly a little bit or like heavy. Um, And then I was like, you know, I could like yeet this one into the sun, aka trade it in EB Games or somewhere and and get an OLED one. But places are going to have an OLED one, not going to have one available, right? So... Certainly I looked not online. the special edition so Zelda one. The special one. edition Zelda one. I was like, this is there's no shot. Um, so I looked around. And places like JB and Harvey Norman, they all were advertising online still. EB Games, no advertising, none at all. And I was like, okay, yeah. they they actually oh, like if I go there, they'll say no, and then I'll be off. They they will they took the web page down, and then so literally Thursday, I was like, you know what, I could swing by on the way over to my parents. I swing by. And I will go, just go, go have feelings. Because I'd seen on the website that day, they had a second lot of the consoles was going to be available to pre-order. So I was like, you know what, mm. I'm going to go in and ask. And I'll probably just pre-order one for next week, whatever. And then I have a week to talk myself out of it. I have a week to like, get over my FOMO and be like, you know what? Nah, I'm fine. Um, so I went in there and this is legitimately how... I started the conversation. I know um, the manager of EB Games um, from prior to him working there. So I always talked to him. I was like, okay, I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to say no to it, or you're probably going to say no to it, but I'm completely okay with you saying no to it. All right? He goes, no. I was like, no, 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 let me ask. I was like, do you have any unpreordered OLED Zelda switches? And he goes, yes, I have two. <laughs> and I literally, I literally stood there in the store. I went, well, fuck. All right, I suppose I'll better pre-order one then. So and, you, uh, you set the question up that way, so you had I no know. choice but to say. I know, oh, exactly, yes. right? I was at the point where I just had to... Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, so I kind of just have to now. This is the universe yes. just being like, yeah, just do it. So I, yeah, did that. Um, actually, super affordable trading in um, my old console and a couple games, and I got Zelda cheap and everything. But it was all right. It was fine. Um, Did you get the Zelda Pro controller? No, I didn't. I was tempted, okay. but I've already recent. I recently purchased the new Pro controller. Okay, 
around about the time I wanted to play Breath of the Wild again because I couldn't find my old pro controller. Okay, so you, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, I probably should. Um, I mean, you could have traded that in. And, uh, I, you know what? Maybe. Um, but so, <laughs> yeah, no. So I got it home. Only model, very nice. Um, yeah. The Zelda limited edition model, very pretty. Um, yeah. I think I actually used the a lot in held, handheld. Um, yesterday I went up to Melbourne to watch the footy, so I you know played the switch the whole way in the car right there because i wasn't driving okay i was about to ask i was <laughs> have you actually played anything in handheld mode yeah you know no, no, yes. no. so i was otherwise I wasn't... it would be completely different exactly right part of me was like <laughs> if i don't play this a bit more in handheld mode buying the oled model is kind of fucking pointless um but no so i played that and actually runs really nicely in the handheld um is there a noticeable difference it feels lighter actually and i don't mm. know if that's maybe me just placebo effect Trying to give myself more reasons <laughs> to be okay with purchasing it, but it feels lighter. It feels easier. I mean, either way, you'll be like, "Oh, it's heavier." Actually, this means also, there's more stuff in no, it. No, yeah. actually, it's got the added benefit of and worth the purchase. As the big thing was, the original Switch only has the had like the little tiny stand that was like a fucking slither yes. that popped out. OLED model has like the whole back half just pops and makes it Ooh, a very stable, nicer thing. So that's actually a lot nicer to use handheld. Um. But at the same time, that's funny because I'm like, I hate using the Joy-Cons off the device. Like, I just mm. don't know why my brain just doesn't use them. Because you need your hands together. Right? Yeah, I know. I just need my hands Otherwise together. Otherwise, you're not playing properly. So, um, no, I played that and then I was, uh, I was playing um, today while I was waiting for lunch to cook and everything at uh, Mum and Dad's. Um, and no, I've it's been great. I've really enjoyed the Dialed Switch. It's definitely great. Worth the purchase. Um, it's pretty, so yeah. You know what? Fuck it. Great. Yeah. Bit Seen of... a lot of people in our community pick up Zelda switches. You know. Yeah, and I yeah, think I saw um, uh, Kieran over at uh, Press Start. Press I thought it's some hands. It's a Kieran. It's a Kieran thing. It's a Kieran Everybody's... thing. I was like, yes. uh, and then of course uh, Drew over at uh, Well, Drew gets House every of Mario. He gets Drew, every... every single one. Drew. <laughs> Do you think Switch yes. are, Drew, just so you know, Nintendo Switches are not Pokemon. You do not got to catch them all. I mean, you know, if that's your thing, you know. If, if, look, if it is your thing... Maybe he just trades in the old limited edition when he's... I one. doubt I don't it. Know. I highly doubt it. Yeah, probably not. Drew but yeah, go fun. check out Drew's... Uh, he goes got an unboxing video with everything. He bought everything Zelda. Everything Zelda? He got the, um, he got the Pro Controller, he got the Amiibos, he got the Collector's Edition book thing. I don't know. Yep. Guide thing. So yeah. Over at uh, youtube.com slash iDruby, I want to say. Yeah, so check that out. Uh, but, Kieran, you have been playing The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. There we go. We have a quality critics roundup <gasps> over at explosionnetwork.com. We had, uh, I want to say, eight different outlets off the top of my head. Might be nine. Uh, and for the first time ever, we had a perfect ten across the board. Every single outlet giving its highest marks possible. Uh, Kieran, is Tears of the Kingdom worthy of a 10 out of 10? I think so what far from what I've, what I've yeah. played so far, <laughs> yes. I think 100%. Um, I think I'm interested to see how it goes later in the game because uh, very early in the game, Tears of the Kingdom very much follows the framework that applied to Breath of the Wild in terms of, okay, starter area, there's shrines, there's five shrines you got to complete before you'll leave the starter area. It'll build up and slowly give you the powers that you get to use for the rest of the game there, and then you get access to the whole map, and then it's, okay, go off to each of the regions or each of the main um, races or civilizations in Hyrule and go fix their problems first and gather up powers there, yada yada yada. Um so it very much is following that same framework, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because it worked so well for Breath of the Wild. So it is doing that again. Um I think where this game shines is its creativity and its innovation. The abilities that you are given to use throughout the game are just as unique and even more unique than they were than the original Breath of the Wild abilities in terms of giving players the ability to create things and to use things in a different ways. Um, from the ability to you know uh, the Ultra Hand, which not only moves things around telekinetically but 
attaches items to each other to make either buildings or objects. Um, the ascend ability that lets you swim through ceilings of places, which I think is um, uh, a very interesting ability and probably like the least talked about because of how much Ultra Hand is. The fuse ability being able to kind of fuse weapons to items to other weapons. Um, to make to give it improvements and uh, buffs, and then also the the time ability, being able to rewind things. Um, I think the game at its core is so interesting for it, as well as the the new mechanics of um, these Xenoi items and artifacts that you can use to kind of create things or to to change how you play the game. Um, and I find it super interesting I, uh, playing through it. I've only played through. I'm saying I've got to be close to 10 hours at the moment. And I've done a lot of exploring. Um, I've only done the Rito Village and their kind of quest first and like the, the kind of the first place you're headed off to there. Um, but the map's massive. And like Hyrule's map is already big, was already fairly sizable for exploration. Mm-hmm. But now there is an, a sky map, which is filled with islands in the sky that you can go to. And there's also this underground map called the Depths, which runs underneath Hyrule. Yeah. And is horrifying and really <laughs> interesting. The whole place is pitch black. You can like um when you first get in, the whole place is pitch black and you've got a equivalent to getting the watchtowers above the ground, you've gotta find the watchtowers below the ground and they'll create light for that area. And so you've gotta but to get to each one, except for the ones that you immediately fall to into when you drop down you have to run through the darkness to get there and there's a bunch of creepy shit there is the blight red gooky stuff that's down there um it's fun it's interesting and i'm excited to play more as i've got further into the game where i've got more higher level gear and and better stuff in general um because everything is very scary down there at the moment um can I like get a torch or something? Or? You can, yeah, you can pull out a torch to give you light. Or there's like you've got like a small amount of, um, of light around you, I guess, just naturally. And you get various items. Like there's um these flowers you can plant places when you shoot them or throw them in places that'll glow mm. or give a little bit of light. Um, I've picked up there's a miner's gear that lets you that has lights all over it. Like I've got the chest piece of that or. Some food like glowfish and glow mushrooms will make your character glow and emit light when you've eaten them for a period of time. Um, so there are things that use it to help it, but just stuff down there is kind of scary at the moment and kind of okay. hard. Um, which is how much time have you got in? Would you probably say? about eight to ten hours, roughly. Okay. Um, not heaps, but like. Um, I mean, apparently you could have beaten the game in that time, so. Apparently, you could have beaten the game in like an hour. And, oh, I think it was something ridiculous. Like, like it was two hours or an hour and a half. Yeah. Something ridiculous, um, but yeah, it is it is a very interesting explorative game, and I think I've been really fascinated looking at this game and and then reading not only the positive reviews but reading how people have tried to pull this game down. Or you know what the gaming community is like is that people yeah. try and like wrench at the the positives and try and pull it down and make it good and. I think it's, it leads to a very interesting discussion points in general with it because, you know, one of the things is, one of the people think, one of the things is, oh, well, they're using the exact same map. That's lazy. And it's like, well, if you ignore the fact that there's these sky islands and the depths, if you just take those massive sections out and you just look at the main Hyrule map, sure, geographically it looks the same, but it's not only have they made large changes to the map in general, but this is a sequel to Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And it feels really nice and wholesome. Even if I played Breath of the Wild for 20, 30 hours, it feels really nice to go back, to see people, to to be places mm-hmm. you've already been and, and see how they've yeah. changed and watch people recognize Link again and, and interact with that world. It feels really fucking good. And so for me, I'm like, well, why is that a negative? It's a, it's yeah, a that's a stupid like, criticism. Like, it's like, what what the fuck is your problem with that? And then I saw somebody say, oh, I was hoping they had improved the exploration of Breath of the Wild. And I was so confused because Breath of the Wild itself was just so, such an interestingly natural explore, exploration game. Like, everything to it was 
you naturally searching and naturally moving around the environment and stumbling on new things and, and finding different items in the game and 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 everybody's version of breath of the wild was very different because it was how your natural progression through the game was and whether you chose to go around a mountain or if you were super stubborn and you climbed over the fucking top of the mountain and just kept going or or what like i think it, it, so to, to see that criticism i was very confused about and then of course there is the criticism about nintendo's just general why isn't this game in 60 frames why is you know it's so restricted by and I, I was actually sitting there and this is funny when we when i play this coming off the back of redfall and i'm like is it maybe a is breath of the wild is tears does of the frames not matter it's what just no it's not frames it's not the frames not mattering but are nintendo and specifically the team behind tears of the kingdom are they more innovative because of the restrictions that got placed upon them with the device potentially I mean, you always hear that people are more creative when there's some sort of... Yes. They yeah. have to work out a way to, around something. Yeah, 100%. So, and Having the option of having more things is always good as well, but restrictions can also help you refine. And obviously, they're eight years into this hardware, I want to say, off the top of my head. Yes. Right. Six, yeah. seven years. Um, they've got a pretty good, good idea how to eke every piece of and, power and out you, of it. You compare this open world to Redfall's open world. Like, and I'm only using Redfall because it is the... But even most if I don't compare it to Redfall, even current, if I compare it to, recent. say, Horizon Forbidden West, which is hilarious that Horizon, once again, is out the same year as, uh, as Zelda game. Kind of. Oh, I guess it was last year, right? It was the That's DLC still, this year. Yeah. It was the DLC this year. But, like, I feel like... Why do I feel like Forbidden West was this year? That's funny. Um, but, like, it, when you compare it to Horizon, I just feel like Zelda's world is so much more naturally explorative there's no when you look at the map the only kind of tags or icons on the maps are some for like the cave entrances you've got some that you have to find first there are some for when you found a shrine and you put a shrine in but the net the map is very clear it's not like when you open a classic triple a open world, especially Ubisoft-styled ones or Akin yep. ones, where there are fucking icons everywhere. There is just icons okay. all over the place. Um, and, like, Tears of the Kingdom is just so much more... I just find the exploration and the, the world itself more lived in and more natural and more interesting. I think Tears of the Kingdom, compared to Breath of the Wild, has so much more lore and story and character to it mm. i feel i feel like there is a lot more interacting with npcs there's a lot more characters doing things in the world um there's a lot more interesting things going on outside of the main narrative um i think looking at the choices that they've made for this one i think is absolutely great i think there are so many aspects of this game that you think you can go well you can easily get lost in it you know we had um you know, Buddy had spoke to us and said he started streaming at like twelve o'clock yesterday, and then looked and he streamed for ten hours. Like it, it is something you can just get lost in, and you can play through, and you can you can work your decisions out. And everything, everything has its own. Sure, there is your there is the game's way of wanting you to solve a puzzle. The game has its intended, but you're not restricted to that. There is. I was watching a YouTube video because I'm really enjoying watching people play through the opening of this game while i'm doing other stuff in it and uh there's a speedrunner i watched that was like you get to once the first kind of one of the first shrines is you have to use the ultra hit ability to make like a hook and a little platform on the hook so you can go down a rail to get to the other side and he immediately looked at it and went i fucking i wonder climbs up on top of the rail and just does a normal shield slide and the game has inbuilt grind animations for you sliding down the rail on mm -hmm. your shield and grinding on your shield. And I was like, that's fucking smart. Like, that's really cool. Like, I'm really, and it's quite, and then on top of that, the next part, you go to a bit later on where there's these rails again, but there's minecarts you're supposed to go down the rails on. And so me, when I played it, I put the minecart on the fucking track. I put the fan on the back of the minecart and I went, let's go. And, the and did that. 
this man attached the minecart to his shield and then rode the shield down the minecart track because that's just how it works because you can just attach things to your shield. I thought it was the funniest but dumbest shit in the opening shrine (laughs) when I had a boulder attached to my shield and a boulder on the end of a stick. And I was just these random rocks that I'd picked up and just put on there. I think one of the, you know, one of my go-to methods of getting anywhere now is sticking a rocket on my shield and then just going really high up when I want to get to somewhere high and I can't be bothered climbing up it. Um, Okay. (laughs) Like, and it's funny because the game... Puts you in it, and I'm so used to Breath of the Wild, like, there was, um, in the Rito Village, there was, I was, like, I spent 20 minutes, like, okay, I can't climb up the side of this really long sky pillar. Fuck, okay. Uh, there's me trying to, like, Albert Einstein build something to, like, shoot me up in the air high enough so I could climb the rest of the way, whatever. Completely overlooked the fact that just the bottom of the, the bottom of the tower is flat, you can just run to the bottom of it and use the ascend ability and just swim all the way up and just get out the top of it that way. And it's just it's so like, it's funny that there is these abilities that have so many different uses and different potential for use. And yet you could still be bound by your previous experience and your previous interest in the game and in breath of the wild. Um, Sure, I'm not, you know, I, you know, some, there are, the game isn't absolutely perfect, but I still think it's worth a 10. Um, I am a little worried with it following the same strokes as Breath of the Wild. I think, um, I'm hoping that the game does divulge, and I hope that I haven't seen much of Ganon yet, and I want to see more of Ganon and how he plays into it, and, and, and hear (laughs) Matt Mercer. Um, I think the, the, the overarching lore of, Zelda and like the lore that they're using for this one is really interesting, even though goat people. Um, but like other than that, I think <laughs> what there is the main like advisor is like a goatsy person. Like he, he like it's like the best way to describe them. They are um, like a go- goat. Yeah, like they like they don't actually have the horns that they have. Let me. I'll fucking let me. What have you got against goats? <laughs> I don't know, but it's very—it's just very funny that there's just this, this, you know, everything about this is, yeah, it's it's just it can be very strange and absurd in some ways when you're playing through it. So, um, I think I think I'm hoping and excited for that, um, and I'm excited to see how the game progresses. At first, I was a bit very opening at early sections. The armor you can get, I'm like, oh, this is all the same armor that was in Breath of the Wild. Which makes sense, because it's the same world, but I'm like, okay, I hope I see... I hope there's more, you know? I hope they've added a lot more. And and I go through and I see, you know, my YouTube feeds are now popping up with the classic YouTube videos of 10 things you should know before you start getting too far into Zelda, or 10 great places to explore first, or 10 things to do first. And so when I'm looking through those, I'm flicking through those, I'm like, cool, this is great. There are lots of things to do. Um, there are lots of, of items to go. There's lots of ways to explore. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited for Tears of the Kingdom. I'm excited to see more how people break the game. Um, I'm excited to see <laughs> how speedrunners break the game. I'm excited to, to see how people, what people create and stuff. It's already great. There's already been, you know, people creating like, uh, stick figure people out of items with dicks that shoot sparklers and, um, you know, That's during, okay doing god's work um but it, it's this i think where where the one thing i've always admired about minecraft is minecraft and roblox and, and games like factorio and even um no man's sky to a point nowadays enable players to be creativity and i think to have this form of creativity inside a zelda game even more to an extent that there was in breath of the wild is absolutely interesting and absolutely worth somebody diving into and playing around with so many people are going to spend so many countless hundreds of hours in this world and it's set up to do that and it's it's exciting to see cool um yeah so (laughs) i guess keying off from what you just talked about all these things that you should do when you first start Zelda. Mm -hmm. what should people do when they first (laughs) the thing is right i 
I'm on a very different course because I watch these videos and I like learning that these things are in the game. Okay. But I hate the idea of this in this massive, beautiful map of me beelining to somewhere to in like listing. yeah, to, like checklisting and just beelining to somewhere in the distance. I like knowing these things are there roughly, but I also appreciate just naturally exploring the world and progressing. So I think do some of these are really like some of it's really interesting. Like um tip that changed my mind that everybody should learn. Um the bats, the kisus, their eyes and all eyes of I think a lot of the bat like even like the bigger bats, if you attach those to your uh, arrows when you're shooting them, it makes them homing arrows and you'll always get a headshot off them. And that incredibly made the first boss fight I had insanely a lot easier in terms of yeah. hitting shots while I was falling midair and stuff like that. It was, it, it, there's little things. And I think my biggest recommendation is just try things, attach things to other things and see what the fuck happens. Yeah. Um, play around with it, enjoy it. And then don't feel like you're restricted to things you've already seen people in reviews or let's plays or tweet. Twitter videos or TikToks, don't restrict yourself to what you've seen there. Play the game and, and just naturally enjoy it and explore it and go wherever. Um, I used to love in games like Skyrim where the game would kick you out into the open world and then I'd be like, all right, I'm just going to walk in a random fucking direction and I'm going to see what yeah. the hell happens to me. <laughs> I'm not going to follow the main story. I'm going to go. And then, and you know, those, those playthroughs in Skyrim, I would have had. 60 hours and like my my main storyline would still be go check still in be it. level two and then yeah <laughs> you're level well six. no like yeah exactly right and it would be like go to white run and see what's going on there and i would have been like i was like the 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 athane and i'd had all this stuff and i was like the head of the assassin's guild or whatever and it was just um the thieves guild even like it was yeah it was it's so much fun, and I think Breath of the Wild is so much like that in so many ways where you can naturally make your way sure collecting some things and, and getting to the points where you're understanding but the moment the world opens up fuck if you wanted to you could load get to that point dive into the depths and just map out the entire depths and just do your best to survive you know you'll probably die a bunch to random shit killing you but hmm. as long as you oh, actually no i'd change it i'd get to the point where you have the glider because i think the glider and that's very early once you get there um which is hilarious actually <laughs> I fucking love that the, I guess the main technological item that um, Link has is the switch. Yeah. And it's very funny that the, the towers that you activate in this one now flick you up into the air and you're supposed to be like downloading information onto your switch. And the cable that's going from the tower that's pushed you up into the air is plugged into the USB port of the switch. It's <laughs> such a, like a funny, like just little detailed that i had a good chuckle about the first time i saw it because um it is it is it's so weird how they've set that up but it's it's exciting and i think yeah i think anybody played tears of the kingdom if you're not already just go do it you know if you if you don't feel like playing the main story just head into a random direction and see what the fuck you find See, see what the story is, because it's very much my view of of D anD D, or in terms of, I love being able to. What is your link story? You know, what is what is your characters or your version of the character story? And everybody's will differ because it should differ, and there's no cookie cutter way to play this game. Um. You will find different ways you did things. You'll talk to friends. And I think that's the coolest thing, talking to other people and being like, how the fuck did you do this? And then, yeah, like like watching that YouTube video. How the fuck did they? Oh, they they, they knows they grinded with the shield down the rail. They didn't build anything. Fucking cool. Yeah. Um, You know, I could very much see those people that love to just break games, trying to see how they could do different um, puzzles in different manners. Like, it, it's... it's um, you know, it's fun and it's interesting and it's it's deep to see. So um, I'm excited to play more. I'm excited to keep going with it. And I'm excited to see how everything that comes of this game. And I think that's the most beautiful thing and almost why it should be so diver deserving of a 10 
is that it is going to cause and create so much conversation, communication, conversation, communication, and and togetherness in the gaming community, even with that that you know minority that's trying to down pull the game down and trying to be like it. And it's with this game that I'm like, man, Xbox, just look at what Nintendo do. You know, don't don't you don't. I I know teraflops are cool. I know. 120 frames is cool, or like 60 frames is even cool, apparently. But just just see what Nintendo do with just not as much, and understand that there is creativity there, and get inspired by it. Um, I think a lot of AAA studios could learn a lot from Nintendo and from Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I agree to an extent, but you know, I don't, I don't think Xbox hasn't been doing that. I think two of the games that they've released recently that are very, like, I guess in a similar esque vein would be Sea of Thieves and Grounded, you know, which are very much go around, do your own thing, but neither tell neither your own story. Those... But they haven't got the Zelda IP that's helping them make these. But even then, those are both multiplayer games, right? Mm. They're both multiplayer. One's a survival multiplayer. Well, they're both in theory survival multiplayer games. Yeah. I don't think Sea of Thieves has like survival mechanics in terms of eating food or anything. But those are both where this is purely a single player open world experience that is heavily story driven. And I think you know, and you compare it to. Fuck, kind like Redfall is supposed to be a story-driven. Sure, it's got multiplayer and co-op in it, and it's a looter shooter, but there is an open-world nature to that game, and there is so many lessons that could be learned from an inferior system, and what can be placed upon that inferior system. Fuck, I could sit and play Tears of the Kingdom in a car on my fucking Nintendo Switch on a handheld device. That's insane. Yeah. Like, like it's, you know, if you look back 10, 15 years ago where, um, uh, even like when I was playing the Switch, Dad turns around and goes, you know, it reminds me of the, the Vita with the OLED screen. And I was like, that's pretty funny. He goes, yeah, but Sony never really gave it any games, did they? And I was like, yeah, they gave it some games, but never anything. Like, it's just, it's so funny that Nintendo and the Switch are able to do so much with the very little that they have and create something with it. You know, this is... And I'm looking at Xbox, obviously, because of recent disappointment, I think. And even in some ways, Sony has things to learn to look at this game and to look at, you know, it doesn't have to be your overproduced, blockbustery games. You can do something like this and do it really well and you don't have to you know they should one of those two should be able to produce a similar game on their consoles with the same level of in like ingenuity with the same level of of reach and and depth but without anybody being like bro why is this running at 30 frames why is this running at 1080p fair but isn't that what Elden Ring did last year um. Yes and no. I I think Elden Ring sure did that, but I think Elden Ring has a barrier of entry of the difficulty of that game. I I, I don't. I think Val, the thing is right. I think Elden Ring. I think there's more to be learned from Zelda that can be applied to more games across the board than there is from Elden Ring to be applied to more games across the board, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, do you want to rant about weapon degradation? Uh, it's not that bad. I'm actually okay. Whoa! No, I'm actually... I think I've gotten used to it. the points. I think I've, I think I've gotten Headline, used to Kieran it. loves weapon degradation. Uh, it's some kind of Stockholm syndrome, but like, I think I've gotten used to it, but also <laughs> at the same time, weapon fusion's so much fun and so interesting. And constantly kind of seeing what items will seeing what items will will attach and what happens when you attach different items to different kind of weapons, um, I think is enough fun that it makes degradation not as bad. 
in some ways, degradation is worse because they've included that degradation in the lore of the game is worse because all of the um, the weapons in there, all of the human weapons or the, the Hyrulean weapons have been tainted and, and have all been decayed already. And you're like, oh, fuck. Um, yeah. But I don't think it is... No, I don't think it's nearly as much... It's not as jarring as like the first time I played Breath of the Wild, and that's probably just because i played Breath of the Wild a lot more now, and I'm used to it. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any other last grabs? Well, yeah. um, no, I'm pretty pretty happy with it overall. Pretty I'm, happy I'm with enjoying it. it. Right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to more people about their, their experiences yes. with the game overall. Well, I suspect we'll be talking about it for the rest of the year, because... I think we could. It it would I, be a shock if it, there is another game that wins Game of the Year this year. At this point, I'd be interested to see what else could win Game of the Year. Um, I think Final Fantasy is probably the next thing, like Final Fantasy sixteen. Um, but that depends on how that goes and how that's received and and everything. Good it work. would have to be fucking fantastic yeah exactly, innovative right? in ways that we've never seen before yeah exactly so i'm i'm interested to see how it goes how much do you think innovation matters in a 10 out of 10 game um it depends on the style of innovation and what your personal um definition of innovation is because you could do like in a, in a game that's a sequel or a remake innovation is taking a system that was already in the previous game and making it better and improving mm. upon it. Um, whereas I think innovation in Zelda is completely changing how the game is played. Not completely changing because I guess the base is there, but like introducing elements that completely change how you look at the game and the experiences of the game mechanics in the game. I think you can have a 10 out of 10 that does everything perfect. It just does everything right, and it feels right, and it feels great. There's not much innovation, but it feels great. You know, like um, Uncharted 4 or the later Uncharted's, you know? Yeah. Or even um, The Last of Us Part 2. Like, it is... This shit... No, Last of Us Part 2 a little bit different, I guess. It is, yes. But Uncharted's a better one, where it's like, okay. Uncharted knows what the fuck it is. Yes. Uncharted knows what it is, and it's just got better at doing it. And it's just improved doing it and showed progression within that. That deserves a 10. And Zelda is, yes, we took what was already amazing and great in Breath of the Wild, but we've added new features and made things even better. Um, I think it is, as a whole and overall, yeah, innovation doesn't isn't like a key point, but it definitely helps. And I think, I think not enough games are innovative. I think enough games this year, or not this year, but in general, are great at seeing what games have done before them or games are currently doing and trying to do their version of it. Not better, though, but with a different skin. You know? Mm. Especially when we look at, like, games for service lately with, um, yeah. you know, the Marvel game with the up-and-coming um, Suicide Squad game. Yeah. Like, just looking at those, and you're like, when you look at those, it's like, there's no obvious innovation here. There's nothing that's pushing them, pushing the, the um, envelope. There's nothing that's improving this for the better. It's just making the same kind of, taking the same veins and just putting a different skin on it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so that's our Tears of the Kingdom early impressions from Kieran. Uh, join us next week where Dylan hopefully will have played some, and we can, can talk about it there. Um, yeah, and we'll probably be talking about it regularly <laughs> until you guys have finished it. Mm. Uh, surprisingly, there was actually some other fi uh, video game news not related to Zelda this week. Uh, so let's dive into a little bit of this. Uh, Team Jerry has provided an update on Hollow Knight Silk Song's release. Uh, so earlier this week, Matthew Griffin, who works in marketing and publishing for the game, tweeted an update revealing the game was originally penciled in for release uh, this half of 2023, uh, but the studio needs more time 
Optimistically, they suggest that the game is coming together nicely, but it's simply grown in size and the quality of the end product is tantamount. Uh, so his tweet reads, Hey gang, just a quick update about Silksong. We had planned to release it in the first half of 2023, but development is still continuing. We're excited by how the game is shaping up and has quite, gotten quite big, uh, so we want to take the time to make the game as good as we can. Expect more details from us once we get closer to release. Uh, Kieran, was this surprising in any way? <laughs> or did we all kind of expect that Silksong wasn't kind of coming? I think it was just expected at this point. It was getting to that later part of the, the first half of the year. Um, so everybody was like, no, this isn't happening. This isn't... Um this isn't going on and we were just waiting for them to feel comfortable enough to um yeah get get themselves yeah just to at least to announce it and just say hey we don't need this anymore um we are we're yeah we're done we're, we're not done but like we need some more time and i think yeah. it was just a matter of when and not if yeah obviously uh they accidentally got pushed so they Their release date got set too early to the start of this year by Xbox last year by saying everything in their press conference was going to be at the next 12 months, which wasn't the case. Uh, Do you think we'll see Silksong in any presentation in the next month in this Summer Games Fest period? Yes. Yes. Yes, I still think we will, and I think they will have a better idea of when the game's coming out by then. Um, But I think they just needed to, at this point, just announce it just so we knew it wasn't coming out in the next, like, two months. Okay. So. Stay, watch every single showcase, because you never know which one they're going to show up with. Exactly. And announce. <laughs> you're never going to know. You're not going to know who they sold their soul to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, it's crazy that we're, what, three weeks away from opening the Summer Games Fest, Jeff Keighley's event? Yeah. Um... And potentially only two weeks away till the PlayStation showcase. Fingers crossed that that's rumors true. Um, which means you know, non E three time is going to be here really soon. It's yeah. going to be crazy. Uh, and one game that we expect to be announced <laughs> during that period is the next Mortal Kombat game. Of course, there was a teaser Mortal that went up. Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Uh, up on their Twitter accounts, they did a teaser uh, of. A potential reboot of the series. Uh, of course, they've got this t- clock ticking up from nine to ten to eleven, and then it quickly jumps across over to one. Uh, so, according to Lika, oh well, according to the account Bill Bill Kun Kun Bill Bill Kun on Twitter, uh, the game will be called Mortal Kombat One. Uh, which syncs with the teasers that have so far pointed at some kind of reboot or reset, or even remake. Who knows it, what to call these things anymore? Uh, even to the extent where they had a bunch of uh, prices, and apparently there's going to be a collector's edition, two hundred fifty dollars. Um, how do you feel about Mortal Kombat? How do we feel about three of the biggest fighting game franchises all releasing new titles in a, probably a twelve month period? Good, because I feel like at the same time we haven't. It, it feels like it's been maybe a little while since we've had any of these installments. Um, I think it is just a case of, and we've talked about it before, they, all three of these have probably started developing roughly around the same time, and they've all roughly either probably one by one. And honestly, probably between the studios, it was, like, okay, who's flinching first? Who is putting out the release date or who is announcing their game first? And then the other two have kind of fallen in line after that point. Um, yeah. I think, and I, you know what? Fair play to Mortal Kombat for holding their time and, and kind of um, picking their spot later on and not feeling as rushed maybe to announce something. So um, I think this is exciting. I think this is interesting for Mortal Kombat. I'm excited to see what they do. If maybe they add more of their kind of traditional Mortal Kombat cinematics and story now to the original, like two would be cool because... Yeah, like um, the first game. Yeah, like the first game, yeah. Exactly. Like I think it is the first game was purely about fighting and there was not much story to the characters other than like the opening cutscenes as was traditional in those um in those days for the fighting games. So I'm excited to see, yeah, Mortal Kombat story get retold and, and maybe, you know, could we see a Mortal Kombat quote unquote remake 
situation like they did with Final Fantasy, where they have rechanged the main storyline and fixed some things up. Because I don't know if you ever like looked if you ever look into the storyline of Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat story is fucking insane. The point, like, it is fast and furious bad. Like, it is, like, they have been to Brazil, like, four times at this point in Mortal Kombat, you know? Like, they have, they're way past, you know? (laughs) They've done the equivalent of launching a car into space. Um, So, no, it is, it is wacky. So, I'd be very interested to see if them re-jig and and remake the storyline for Mortal Kombat going forward. And changing it overall to for a new story to begin or a new version of the Mortal Kombat storyline to begin. Cool. Do you reckon they'll introduce Cole Young as the main character? No. From the movie? No. <laughs> nope. Nope. Nana. Nana. No, no. no shot. Okay, that's disappointing. But yeah. Uh yeah, potentially big big year uh for fighting game fans. Uh and of course we'll probably be seeing Mortal Kombat one during the summer game fest non e three period again you know, exciting um, times yeah i yeah exactly there's so many opportunities right um i want to say he was it, something was announced at a game awards or something for a mortal Kombat related project yes i will say mortal Kombat maybe the last one was announced at the video game awards i would say yes or was the movie trailer dropped during the video game awards? Probably both. Yes, makes sense. Alright. Uh, so we've got the announcement of this year's uh, official selection of video games not obligated for the Tribeca Game Award at the Tribeca Film Festival. Uh, so of course this is the third iteration of uh, this uh, award at the annual film festival. Um, the event highlights upcoming titles. It's generally being smaller budget, indie works, and potentially potential for excellence in art and storytelling through design, artistic mastery, and highly immersive wor- worlds. Uh, previous winners of the Ga- Tribeca Game Award uh, are Norco in 2021 and Thirsty Suitors in 2022. Uh, so the seven games uh, announced f- for this year, uh, Chance of Cena, uh, Despolote, Despolot. Let's get that. Sure. Uh, the Expanse, a Telltale series. Goodbye, goodbye, Volcano High. A Highland Story, Nightscape, and Stray Gods, the role-playing musical. Uh, so yeah, very good lineup of games there. Of course, it's pretty high-profile ones in Stray Gods and Goodbye, Volcano High, and The Expanse, uh, a Telltale series. Uh, we'll quickly highlight the other through four because uh, I haven't heard a bunch about these. So a Highland song, Moira McKinnon has never seen the sea living with her mother in a small house in the scottish highlands she receives a letter from her uncle hamish urging her to come to the coast and so moira runs away control moira as she scrambles across the mountains through valleys filled with echoes stories ghosts and songs find maps that unlocks hidden paths while collecting the stories of the hills and of moira's past uh chance of sanar people of the tower no longer speak to each other but it is said that one day a traveler will bring the wisdom to break down the walls and restore the balance, explore an enthralling world in a colourful poetic setting filled, inspired by the myth of Babel or Babel. Uh, travel the endless steps of a prodigious labyrinth and unveil veil the mysteries of this fascinating universe where ancient languages are both the lock and the key. Despelote is uh, run past and dribble as a eight-year-old Julian in this slice of life game all about football. This wall the streets of and parks of Quito set against the backdrop of Ecuador's first qualifying run for the World Cup in 2001 and meet its community through funny emergent interactions. Uh, and then there's Nightscape. Uh, when the sun mysteriously causes the stars to fall to Earth, rendering the sky completely dark, the world is thrown into chaos in this 2.5D atmospheric adventure game rooted in the ancient Arabian stories. Layla, a lost stargazer, reluctantly embarks on a quest to restore the stars to their rightful place. Using her father's magical astrolab, she awakens the power of the stars as she explores the mysteries of both Earth and Sky. Uh, Kieran, what do you think of this lineup of games? Quite a I think it's games. interesting, but I think there's... So are these supposed to be for up-and-coming games, I'm guessing? Yes, up-and-coming yes. games. Yeah, okay. Um, I think it's it's 
a good collection of games and a good collection of the future games. I do think the Expanse, the Telltale story, is the odd one out here in very ways. Like, I know, once again, it is a company wearing Telltale Games skin suit. Um, but I think even beyond that, like it just it feels a bit odd that one being there compared to the other the other uh, potential nominees. Yeah, I don't know whether it's possibly because there is a tie-in. Uh, Telltale is holding an event uh, or a panel. Telltale Games is hosting a panel called Exploring Deep Space: How Telltale and Deck Nine Created Expanse Stories in an Interactive Medium uh, for an in-depth discussion of the key factors in capturing the right feel and tone uh, for the game. So. Uh, whether because they agreed to do that panel or, you know, they got nominated and they agreed to do that panel after. But, uh, yeah. I mean, this is technically the first game from the new skinned version of Telltale, so... <laughs> I guess this is our first chance to see how they actually yeah. do. I guess, yeah, Do they live up to old Telltale? <sighs> yeah. I see. They're in a weird spot. But yeah. They are in a weird spot, but, you know, why not? Uh, also, additionally at the festival, we'll screen a new documentary called Hideo Kojima, Connecting Worlds. Uh, the film delves into the mind and creative process of the man behind Metal Gear and Death Stranding, and features appearances from Gilmaro del Toro, Norman Reedus, Grimes, Churches, and others. Uh, so yeah, that's a that's an interesting addition that uh, I don't think anybody knew about before that it was announced. So uh, it's a full movie and will be coming at some point. I hope uh, Kojima has like nothing to do with it in terms of direction or producing because no, it it's directed just... directed by Glenn Milner and produced by Ben Hilton. So excellent. So it'll maybe make he sense executive produced coherent. or maybe he wrote it. Oh you know? no! Oh no! If he wrote it, we're <laughs> all doomed. We're all fucked. There's gonna be fucking people are gonna be putting dissertations on YouTube of how, how they broke down every single millisecond of that fucking documentary looking for t- clues and spoilers and, and bits and pieces for the future of Death, Str- Death Stranding and other He went three times. Metal Gear's coming soon. <laughs> God. Crazy. Alright. Uh, final story for this week. Um, kind of pulling back from a story that we talked about a few months ago, I want to say. Uh, Fortnite is officially going to be an Olympic eSport, joining a lineup of other games set to take part in the inaugural Olympic eSports series 2003 this June. Uh, It's important to note that the IOC's president, Thomas Bach, did once say that killer games aren't a good fit for the Olympics, though this was back in 2018. So how exactly will Fortnite appear as an Olympic eSport then, if not the usual battle royale affair? It's going to mimic its closest real-life counterpart to Olympic sports, sports shooting. Clarify, sports shooting is a competitive sport that does involve using real guns, but specifically for the purpose of measuring accuracy, and that's exactly what the plan is for Fortnite 2, a specifically designed Fortnite creative island made to reflect sports shooting competition will put the target aiming accuracy of sharpshooters to the test and see them navigate the in-game environment as they compete to become an Olympic esports series winner. Uh, Karen, is it the best not use of Fortnite for Olympics? Right now. <laughs> oh, God. This is the same energy as, like, in high school where a teacher's like, hey, we're going to do, we're going to use that thing you guys are really into nowadays in a really watered down and bland way as possible. Hmm. It's just, I don't, I just wish somebody, at the you know, fuck it, if you don't want shooting, put FIFA in there, put like, put, <laughs> put, put NBA in there, put so many, put Rocket League, just put Rocket League on your fucking new, because I get it, there's cars, and cars aren't very sporty, but still, I don't give a fuck, just put it there, it is interesting, it is a non-violent esports, except the cars do crash into each other and explode, sure, but... Just put something. I mean, of some any... of the sports they play at the Olympics are violent. Oh, it's they got boxing, karate, took judo. There, all... there is somebody at the Olympics has walked in there, fucking holding a skateboard, wearing like younger looking clothes, and has gone, "Hi, fellow kids, I know all about esports." Ha <laughs> ha, cowabunga! And they were like, "Whoa, this guy, this guy gets it. Let's go with what he thinks." Okay, we're gonna put in chess and a whole bunch of these mobile. 
What what are you doing back there? Uh, sorry, those are my mobile game contracts falling out of the sponsorships I'm getting for. Fuck. Ah, uh, like come on, just you know, just put just 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 do it properly. Do you know? do it I right. mean, at least they'll get some, you know, publicity because it is Fortnite technically. <laughs> but of all the games to measure shooting accuracy not Fortnite even i don't even yes. think it is Fortnite. would Fortnite be, be your pick no i would have made like but the thing is like okay so Fortnite has to be the pick because Fortnite has the creative suite to be able to do yes it. and Fortnite does have bullet drop so i guess there's that but i think it would be far more like just if you're gonna like judge shooting accuracy to put in just the training range from either Valorant or fucking Counter-Strike and just be like, do the training range bots or like build something or work with Riot or work with Valve. Probably Riot though, because Valve will take a while. Um, But, you know, work with them and build something in their game that is, you know, and do it as this whole fucking thing, right? Do it as this whole thing. Do it as, as Fortnite are probably going to do with this Olympic fucking island do it as a big event get everybody involved get all your community involved give it special prizes that you can win fucking little gun buddies that are like olympic medals and stuff get in on that shit and then like make it a big thing and bring people young people over to the olympics it's just oh it just it's so easy and it writes itself right like but then, you know, all the people playing at home will do better than the people who compete in the actual But that's the thing, thing. right? The people who do compete in the actual thing should be... Actually, there's the qualifying thing from memory that they yes. need to do. Yes. Like, so. they should be... In theory, it should be. Like, especially for, for Fortnite, right? That should just be, like, it, in theory, should just be professional right. Fortnite players. You know, like it should be professional Fortnite players that are actually got the skill in the game and they're going to be able to apply it to this shooting ranges. I just, I don't, <sighs> they're just, it, it's, it's, I love esports so much and I'm so excited for esports to get mainstream coverage and to be part of something like mm. the Olympics, but they're just doing it in the most phallic and like false way possible. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. It's so fucking <laughs> dumb. It is it is it is hilarious from like looking at it, it's hilarious, but it's at the same time. The outside, like, yeah, and then, fuck. Yeah. So it's hilarious because I don't have that much investment. I know, right? And like you look at it and then you go, Oh, like somebody who isn't interested in esports then looks at this shit and goes, Well, this isn't very cool. Why the fuck would I want to sit there? Like the coolest thing about the Olympics is fucking becoming an armchair guru on the most random, dumbest fucking events in the world. Like, yes. like sitting down and being like, fucking, I've been watching this all week. I know all about it. I know all the fucking storylines. I know everything that's going on. I'm invested. Yeah. Little Splash, 10. <laughs> exactly. Like, this should be it, right? And there should be, like, fuck. You know, Australians are all about, like, swimming and those kind of events. But yep. it'd be so cool to have Australians be like, dude, I'm so invested in Rocket League. We are so good at Rocket League as a country and we're so connected to it and we're, we're yep. and it becoming cultural. And that would be so goddamn cool. But they're just not going to do it with this dumb shit yep. they're doing. Do you, do you think anyone like big will actually compete in this? The Fortnite thing? Uh, potentially the Fortnite thing. I think, I think. Fortnite is the main one, I think. Between Fortnite and chess, are like going to be the only two that are going to do anything yeah. interesting. The rest of them, the rest of them are going to be either on Randos. ridiculous times, <laughs> and they're just going to be fucking pointless because yeah. they're going to, especially for the mobile games, they're going to have no benefit of having previous events run on these on these um, setups or in this game to understand what is the best way to broadcast it. I think it's just going to be a fucking shamaz. All right. All right, that's everything from this week's Arco Catch. <laughs> Let us know what your thoughts are on Zelda Breath of the... Uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom or Breath of the Wild, whichever. Or let us know what you think of 
our ongoing uh the ongoing drama at the of esports at the olympics by going to explosion.com slash twitter or jump to our discord at explosion.com slash discord uh make sure you head over to explosion.com check out uh, my quality critics article check out all our news reviews podcasts everything over there uh if you want to help us out here at our couch just leave us a review on apple Podcasts or Podchaser. leave us five stars anyone can leave five stars tell people about the show and if you've enjoyed this episode thoughts worth a dollar head on over to our coffee page at explosion.com slash support thank you very much for listening uh we'll, we'll join you next time same time same couch bye <laughs> like when you know it's just gonna be you and me do you like look for topics that either set me off or yeah <laughs> uh... i mean they're always there so I mean... <laughs> there's always gonna be something but i saw this one and then lights just you know uh, light bulb light bulb yeah, yeah. dollar signs in the eyes <laughs> <laughs>